0: Peggy Hoyt.
1: Hello, pet lovers. Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Hoyt and Bryan, where we create estate plans for pets and their people Also brought to you by Animal Care Trust USA, a nationwide nonprofit dedicated to keeping loved pets in loving homes. We educate pet parents about the importance of using a pet trust, and we provide trustee services for pet trusts. Today, I would like to welcome our special guest. Her name is Anna Rodriguez. She is the Citizens for Animal Protection Community Outreach and Humane Education Coordinator. Welcome to the show, Anna.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Absolutely. So this is going to be fun. We're going to learn something new today. And um, I love the name of your organization, Citizens for Animal Protection. And that tells us a little bit about how you got started.
2: It does. We, are, we do have a little bit of a different name. Uh, our nickname is CAP. And uh, sometimes kids think it's funny. I think it's easy to remember. Yes. And it is a different name. Um, and they did consider other names. You know, many shelters call themselves Humane Societies and, uh, or SPCAs. But we decided to stick with this because we really started as a community group um a bunch of citizens who got together and decided here in Houston that they could make a difference so um we had a, a our founder lost her cat went to find her cat at the local pound did not find her cat, but what she did find really bothered her. She was really bothered by the conditions um that she found the animals in the entire setup um really all of it was as just even the sheer amount of animals that she saw. So it kept her up and it galvanized her to tell friends and share the story and go back and visit again the pound and eventually put an ad in the newspaper asking uh, for citizens like herself if they thought Houston could do better for animals uh, to meet at a local diner. And sure enough, that little ad in the paper Brought, I believe, 87 people to that diner that afternoon. And those people together formed what we now uh, call Citizens for Animal Protection. So we didn't start with a shelter, but we did eventually get to a shelter. So I think that's
1: a great story. And it it proves that uh, one person can make a difference. And then joining together with others, we can uh, make a difference in the lives of animals. Oh, yes, definitely. So you've been there nine years, and uh, you tell me that you love being there. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Well, I love that CAP here really focuses on things we can do. And we have a lot of programs. Our biggest program is the Animal Shelter. But CAP has always been committed to also educating people to do better for their animals, giving them resources, Um, whether it's helping people find a pet or rehome a pet. Um, Here at this shelter, I'd never heard of this until I came here, but we have a program here that allows people to place a pet that they're not surrendering. So let's say your aunt uh, breaks her hip and she has a cat in great health. Been a loving cat in your home, they'll will allow you to place that cat up for adoption here in the shelter, and so the people will be able to see it online, and then they'll you'll be able to show the animal on the weekend when we're the busiest, and let people have the chance to adopt your aunt's cat, which is probably very highly adoptable, probably very social animal. So, um, and it's been well taken care of, and so it'll have a chance to get seen. And get adopted and um, really find a new home for a cat that uh, has done nothing wrong. You know, it's just that things happen sometimes. And so sometimes you need to place somebody up for adoption. I love this program. I love that you're able to um, give a chance to another animal and I just never saw that before. I never saw anybody. We call it the weekend adoption sponsor program. And it's just one. Of course, we have like many shelters foster programs, Um, the programs I do for children. We have programs for seniors who want to adopt pets, um, lots of information services and lots of opportunities for people to volunteer. So I love that the shelter here gives you a chance sort of to participate, you know.
1: Absolutely. Well, I love that you have programs for kids and for seniors. So talk to us about how important it is to educate kids about kindness and humane education when they're young. I
2: really love working with kids. I love that they're unfiltered. I love that they're honest. I love that they notice what we're doing. They pay attention. They make me pay attention. And I think that teaching your kids to care is just—it's one of those paramount lessons you ha- you have to to instill in your kids. It's the idea of citizenship, really, and participation, and um, making a difference, and empowering them. And I think if you're going to be a full person, you just you have to have that lesson. And so I I love teaching kids what they can do. I love showing them. But I also think it's important to teach parents that they are really the primary source of that lesson. And the easiest way to show a kid how to care is showing that you care um, and modeling that care. So that's really important. And I also believe in giving opportunities to kids. So I don't want to just say you should care. I want to give you an opportunity to care. And I think that's a great option to come into our shelter. We have a cat kids club that kids can do something together to help animals. Our kids have built feral cat shelters. Um, We've had kids build dog houses we've had kids um, raise money for animals, we've had kids teach other kids, we've had kids uh, do workshops to teach other kids about animals, and so I I love all of those programs. Um, And finally, if you want your kids to care, you've also got to let them connect and reflect on what they've done and how it helps, really show them, but Have them show you that they understand what their impact is and that they have an impact. And so um, I love that as well when we do our things with children here in the shelter. One of the options I really want kids to understand is that they did make an immediate difference. And that's pretty actually easy to do. Um, Dogs are so apparent and cats are so apparent the moment you pet them, they let you know that they appreciated it. So, um, talk about an
1: attitude of gratitude, right? That I I do feel like that, yeah. So I love some of the names for your programs. I like the Kids and Critters Camp.
2: Oh, thank you. Uh, I love camp. Uh, it's been such a challenge, uh, but camp here um, in the past has given kids opportunities. We employ a lot of science. Um, we employ a lot of activities, (laughs) so we do get to do things like walk dogs, but we also take care of, um, animals in little ways and learn, um, one of my favorite things was having the vet come every year and then having the kids do their own version of a vet exam and they get to look at the kittens. And, um, one of the other activities I love, um, is story time here. That's something we're doing even right now during covid Storytime allows kids to come in and read to shelter pets. I love it. It's social. Yes. It's just you and a book. Um, And it's highly effective. You wouldn't think so. But I have seen cat and dog and, and rabbits even just come up and lay, kind of sprawl out and listen to the kid who was reading them a book. So, um, and kids seem to love it. So I, I love that program.
1: I love that one, too. I used to have a Border Collie that participated in a Reading to Dogs program, and she just loved going and uh, being adored by the children, but also hearing her favorite children's stories.
2: Well, I, I really try for kids to understand that every animal here is a stranger. We're strangers to them, and they're strangers to us. And some of them are reticent, and I completely understand why. It's overwhelming, all the smells, all the sounds, and all these strangers. But when an animal is here, we want to sort of build experiences that show them that they don't have to be fearful of strangers. And so maybe that means a volunteer puts food and water in their enclosure or a toy or a blanket, maybe that means that they're getting walked by a stranger, getting taken out and walked and given treats and playtime, run with a tennis ball and come back in. Um, maybe it's the child who sits down and simply reads to them without invading their space or asking them to perform. And again, it's just one more experience over and over again, those little building blocks that you're in a place and nothing bad is happening. Excellent. Excellent.
1: Well, we know that one of the goals of CAP is to adopt animals into new homes. So tell us a little bit about your adoption process.
2: Right now with COVID, I actually like this a little bit. We ask people to start online. We ask them to look at the animals and uh, to pick out some that appeal to them. We also ask them to go ahead and fill out an adoption application so that you're not spending that time here um, in the shelter, possibly, you know, um it yourself you've done all that kind of paperwork ahead of time and then we call you we make an appointment usually within 48 hours i would say usually within a day and uh of course the appointment is partly on based on when you have time to come in right so you come in and see some of the animals that you were asking about and also that might help us suggest some animals as well that Uh, match what you're looking for or seem to match. We just ask a lot of questions about what you're looking for so we're going to try to fit that uh, for you and also we want to make sure it's the right match so if you live in an apartment complex that maybe doesn't allow larger animals uh, I'm going to probably not steer you towards the Great Dane puppies. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. I'm going to help you out here and show you what would work in your in your situation because I don't just need you to be the perfect family for that puppy. I need you to be the perfect family for that dog that the puppy is going to become. So we want to make sure it's a good fit all around. So you do apply and that does mean that some people get turned down, but that's really not the point of the application. The application is really so that we fit you with the animal that really suits your situation. Um, We don't want to give, Somebody, a border collie, um, if they tell me that they live a very inactive lifestyle, that border collie would not be happy. (laughs) So, And neither will you as she nips and bugs you constantly um, for attention. So, again, we just want to make sure that you're getting something that fits in your lifestyle, that you will be able to handle for its entire life, that you'll be able to commit to, um, and that you'll be happy with. So uh, that's part of the application process. And I think that's kind of an important discussion to have about what suits your lifestyle.
1: Um, Absolutely. (laughs)
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So if you're kind of a slow moving person, maybe you need kind of a slower moving dog. Or if you're a high energy person, you might do better with a higher energy dog.
2: Right. We might make a suggestion that you've never thought about. A lot of people who live um, in smaller spaces might not have thought about having a rabbit, for instance. But if you have an apartment, a rabbit can be a great pet for you.
1: Well, and you've recently discovered that for yourself. So why don't you tell us the story of your little snotty rabbit,
2: Flopsy? I do have a snotty rabbit. And I was a foster parent. I foster something, by the way any of your listeners could probably do in their local shelter this means that I uh, occasionally take in an animal that needs a little more attention than what the shelter can give it in this case I was asked to take care of a rabbit from a friend of mine and she said you know we've got this rabbit and it's got a little cold and so it really just needs some antibiotics for a few weeks so I thought why not I'll take care of a rabbit and uh, a few weeks passed, and we were still having some issues. So we tried another round, and we found out that Flopsy has um, something called, uh, oh, my gosh, it just flew right out of my head. Oh, I can't think of it. Um, Anyhow, it'll come to me in a minute. But she had, oh, Pasteurella. Oh, my gosh, sorry. And so Pasteurella happens to be a chronic condition. And it makes her sneeze. It makes her snotty. And it is contagious, but only to other rabbits. And so we really couldn't safely put her back in the shelter and possibly get other rabbits sick. So... I, after a few visits to the vet and some assurances, I just made the decision to keep her. So we have a rabbit now along with my three dogs, and she fits right in. And she's uh, very lively. I just, I've fallen in love with her over time. Very lively, happy pet. And I can say I had no idea that rabbits were so motive. They were just uh, ridiculous with their dancing and hopping moves when they're happy. When you've got uh, a little animal who's secure and happy, you just their personality just comes out, and she loves it. She loves when I when I clean and I move things around. She's gonna go investigate everything. Um, but uh, I did mention that she's there are some issues you have with rabbits. They do want chew on things, and so uh, just like when I got my dogs, I've had some uh, some lamps. Chewed on some cords, I had to learn some lessons, but uh, Flopsy is now one hundred per cent part of the family, so
1: I think that's awesome and How many dogs do you have, Anna?
2: I have three we have I have a little older blind poodle named Maggie May, and I have a very rambunctious little terrier named Nikki Lou, and I have my guard dog and uh, really the empress of the house, my chihuahua, and uh, I named, uh, she was actually named Sugar by the shelter here. I took her in as a foster, too, and I ended up adding uh, spice to her name, so she's Sugar Spice, not always nice. Oh, (laughs)
1: Well, um, you are a lucky dog mom and Flopsy is a lucky rabbit as well. So I think that's awesome. I am noticing on the site that there are a lot of guinea pigs for adoption.
2: <laughs> We've had a little explosion and there's a teddies. Uh, there's a cute, very cute teddy bear, American looking guinea pig. I've got uh, the typical American guinea pigs with their uh, tricolor so that that rust that black and that white they're very social if you haven't met them before they make a lot of cute noises um sometimes at night so you don't want to necessarily put them in your bedroom <laughs> but um they're very happy bunch too and some of them have those cute little rosette swirls and uh they're very interesting aren't they they so I,
1: are <laughs> and I love some of the names you have for them. I love potato.
2: <laughs> you know, uh, it's funny those names come back to us because I just did a little Skype tour with some uh, a family uh, who had been in here, and they wanted to let me know that they had adopted sweet potato pie. and they renamed her hazel and they said do you remember sweet potato pie and i said i sure do she was here during thanksgiving you must have gotten her in november and of course they were so excited that i remembered their dog hazel but yes we have some fun names here that's a benefit if you come to the shelter when you Work here or uh, volunteer here. You often get a little input.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the best part. Well, and coming up with names has to be a full-time job anyway. I would think.
2: Well, it's at least a definite side benefit. I think there's always some cute when we had a a, a kitten group that they named all with the friends characters it's funny of course um when they use different uh tv shows characters movie characters we've had lots of avenger names in here so i love that
1: i uh did a uh, puppy raising for a service dog organization once upon a time and they would have themes for all of their puppies and uh, i happened to get on when they had the theme of crayola crayons so we had to look through the crayon box and come up with a, a unique name for our puppy and hence I got Sienna.
2: I love it love yeah. it
1: So that was really fun. That is fun to come up with names for uh, for animals that way. Um, so do you have any restrictions on who can adopt?
2: Well we want you to be at least at least 18, we want you to have a stable home. So you should be able to show where you live and that you get utility bills there. And we want to know you have permission to have an animal where you live. So we don't want you to return in a few months with a dog because you've been threatened with eviction so um we we want to make sure you have permission we want to make sure your entire family is on board we're going to ask if your wife knows that you're bringing home this dog Exactly. Um, we want to make sure everybody's on board um and we also want to do a follow-up so we want to offer you um things like uh good manners classes we want to point out that our clinic care will help you and you can keep you can actually once the animal's been seen which it has if you adopted it from our shelter by the vet then they'll have the records at our clinic so it makes it really easy if you need to reorder your heartworm supplies you can do it completely online uh, if your pet has been seen recently by the vet here which if you just adopted them they have
1: <laughs> so that is a great benefit that absolutely is I love some of the programs that you have. So let's talk about some of the creative things that you've done. Um, the first I want to talk about and mention is the pledge your birthday to the animals at CAP.
2: Oh, you know, so many people um, do want to help. And we have, you know, many of us who are, are feeling a little more fortunate sometimes want to do something instead for somebody else. And we've seen this with lots of organizations. Um, And so I love the idea that you can, sometimes you can't maybe adopt yourself, but maybe you're willing to pay the adoption fee for someone else um, or raise money through them. Maybe make a plea, whether it's on your social media, Um, maybe you're just going to give a gift in memory of a pet that you have had. And so we want to make sure all those options are there for you. Um, it's, it's funny how many of us, uh, you know, sort of want to commemorate a pet because of the impact that, that they have, you know, we just, it's amazing how much you think, wow, this, this dog, this, you know, this furry <laughs> dog has really impacted my life, but they have. And if you have a pet, you know that, you know, that.
1: absolutely. Well, and I like too, that you have a designer dog house contest
2: and a t-shirt contest yeah so right now you uh for kids uh we are asking you to submit your artwork online and we're going to hopefully choose uh the best and put it on a t-shirt and help raise funds for animals but i love art for animals i love to see what kids come up with and the designer doghouse is, uh, I think we're on our 17th year. I love this idea. And we ask people to build and design a doghouse and not necessarily from scratch. It doesn't even necessarily have to be a doghouse for the outside. You can take an idea that you have and have a little fun with it. I've seen castles. I've had a. Um, mother son group do a, a tv they took out one of those older tv sets and made it a fun little dog uh, doggy bed i've seen uh, recycled projects where uh, a, a gentleman wanted to make a dog house and everything he made was taken from the trash of leftover building sites wow from- i love that for the screws he said other than the screws everything he took to make the doghouse was recycled and i have to say it was a great doghouse it wasn't it didn't look like uh it was made by things that were thrown away but you just you don't need that much roofing i guess and so he just you know it's a doghouse and so he took things that were left and made something out of them we've had um, people have a little fun with them and play a little sense of humor. So we've had some businesses. We had a Starbucks drive through doghouse. Oh, cute. Had uh, a local electric company um, make uh, for the 50 year, to commemorate 50 years since we've been on the moon, they made a doghouse rocket ship. And I, I just loved it. It actually came apart in three pieces so you could take it home even. And wow, what a good-looking... Doghouse to have on your um, back porch or in your yard. I mean, just it was so it was so great looking. I don't know how else to say it. So, I loved that rocket ship. So, yeah, we have a little fun with it every year. Really, a doghouse is a box, and who doesn't need to learn how to have some basic building skills? So, I always suggest that kids try it out as well, obviously with a parent. Um, because I think everybody needs to learn how to measure and sand and paint and, and use a drill. And, um, so, and there's no real limit on how you can make a dog house. They're, they're a lot of fun and, um, they can have a lot of personality. We've had dog houses that, uh, featured the Astros or the Texans. Um, we had dog houses that commemorated a love for a person. We had a, a, a boy who made one, uh, with all of the um, the British, uh, logos. He wanted, he had a, a, an uncle he wanted to uh, honor who was uh, living in Britain. So he was having a little fun with it. Even made the pillow with the union jack on it. So he went all out.
1: (laughs) That is really cute. Yeah. People are really creative. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. So let's, um, kind of, come full circle on this and talk about just real quickly how animal welfare is related to social justice and environmental protection.
2: I love bringing this up because every now and then when you are out and about promoting things for animals, you will get an attitude from people that feel like it's one or the other. That if you are caring about animals, it's at the expense Of maybe caring for people. And I just think that is so wrong. I don't think they're exclusive. I think they're completely connected. I think that making the world a better place for animals. Is making the world a better place for you. And caring is not. An exclusive. You know. arrangement. You can care about more than one thing. And I think that. Um caring is more than just a feeling it's a practice it's something you have to do it is an action it drives change um but it is a vulnerable action and uh, that's because you do have to open yourself up a little bit to others and some people have trouble doing that with other people sometimes it's easier to start with an animal you know this cat's not going to judge me um if i'm uh, you know Maybe not making the best grades or not the smartest or don't make the most money or maybe I have an accent or maybe I'm divorced or maybe I'm single. this, This animal will not care. And so sometimes it's easier to connect. And that's okay. I think you have to start somewhere if that's where you need to start. Start with a dog. That dog will love it that you came and walked it, and that you volunteered and helped, and you'll feel good about it. And in turn, it will help you to care about other things as well. It's just, it's it's not um it's not an either or. And I I just like to emphasize that because I think it's kind of childish to keep per um proposing this idea. I see it all the time. I see it on social media all the time, you know, that we're caring about this, but we don't care about them. And it's really, it doesn't have to be this way. Um, and I, I guess um, in this current climate where we are, are challenging ourselves to improve uh, our world for each other and for our kids and our, I mean, literally improve our world where we're, we're Struggling to make things better, um, I think we need all the help we can get. I don't, I don't think it has to be an exclusive arrangement. So, I, I think helping one cause is helping all causes. We're, we're making the world better one action at a time.
1: I love that, and I know that that complements your philosophy about how animals are the best antidepressant that are out, that's out there.
2: I have said that I, I don't know about you, but whoo, it's been a rough year, <laughs> and I see other people um, struggling as much, and I also see people really taking comfort in their pets, and I just personally have definitely done that. I have definitely snuggled a little more uh, with my dogs and my rabbits, um, if I. Feel like I I don't want to get out of bed. I have to get out of bed. I have to get out of bed to take my dogs out. I have to get out of bed to put fresh hay in my rabbit's enclosure and visit with them. And I I just I think it helps me personally. Just keeps me on that schedule. Keeps me going. Um, they appreciate me so much. Yes, I definitely think they are the best antidepressant you can uh, adopt. <laughs> absolutely
1: the best antidepressant you can adopt I think that's a, a terrific philosophy and we so appreciate you Anna and all the work that Citizens for Animal Protection are doing in the Houston area to protect animals and to educate people and to make the world a better place and you can find out more about CAP at cap4pets.org that's C-A-P the 4pets.org And uh, they're all over social media and they've got a lot of fun things going on. And I bet you don't have to live in Houston to uh, participate in some of their programs.
2: Oh, no. In fact, the silent auction, so all those dog houses that are going to be built this summer will be going up for silent auction in July. And you can you can participate anywhere uh, in that way and support the people who took the time to make these dog houses. They put a lot into them. I have done it every year, but I have done it. Um, a few times and it's a lot of work <laughs> making a doghouse. house because well just,
1: i i yeah. sure think it's a great idea and um Thank you to you and the founders of CAP and all of the people that work hard, all of your volunteers and all of your supporters, the people who donate. And uh, it, it takes a village for sure. So thank you again. And uh, thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats. You can find us on Facebook and all over social media. You can find us on Twitter at kids in fur coats. So we're glad that you joined us today. We hope you'll join us next week. And until there are none, please adopt one. And we'll see you later. Happy tales.
0: Thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats with your host, Peggy Hoyt. We hope you learned something valuable for the benefit of your pet.